Hey, good morning, Monstropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Multiplex Logged. And I'm your host, Caleb Boatman. We got a great show for you today. Movies that deserve sequels. We got a good panel, as a lot of times here, frequent guest, Mr. Payson Johnson. Uh, hello, yes. Uh, I always love being on this show. Uh, I'm going to come on and say it. I'm excited to talk to all of you. I'm excited for Bill to be here because I always think, like, man, what does Bill watch, like, week by week? And it's awesome that Bill has a letterbox, so this is going to be fun. That's that's fair. Yeah, apparently uh, a weird party happened the day that, that occurred. Yeah, I got yep. a lot of, like, about time messages. So, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, uh, well, Bill, you got a letterbox now, so you're here more often. Is this your first time being on the show, or have you been on there? Nope, this is it, because I've never oh, had a letterbox. Oh, Bill's finally until... here. Yeah. I can't remember if you had been on before. Yeah, 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 because I only got it like three or four weeks ago. So That's true, yeah. Uh, Adelaide, you're here. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I have not been on here in quite a long time, because uh, I had my work schedule, and then I cut my fucking finger yesterday. So I'm not work. Uh, so I'm here. That's a day. That's a, that's one way to get off. Yeah. There was a lot of blood. I got a lot of blood. And uh, reporting from a remote radio tower in Alaska, Mr. Joseph Olivas. Hi. Hi, Joseph. Okay. Hi, Joseph. Man, a few well, words. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll get started with the first part of the show, which is. Um, the first part of the show being your favorite movie you'll watch this week. Uh, so, Payson, you start us off. Yeah, um, my favorite movie I logged this week, uh, as many of you guys know, I've been doing uh, an Oscar watch-through of the Best Original Screenplay winners. And I watched a movie that I had never even heard of before, but I absolutely adored it. It's called Divorce Italian Style. Uh, this film won Best Original Screenplay in 19, for films released in 1962. Um, it is an Italian film. Uh, this is such a messed up movie in the funniest way possible. Like, I'm just going to straight up say, if you don't like watching bad people just doing bad things, this movie is not for you. Uh, this movie's about a guy that wants to marry his cousin, but can't because uh, in Italy, uh, divorce is illegal. So he... Uh, tries to stage a coup where he could get off easy by murdering his wife. Uh, that This movie is just as messed up as that premise sounds. Uh, I think the writing is super, super funny. Um, the fact that this movie works as a whole is incredible. The ending is such like a... It's just, it, it makes you feel dirty just watching it. Uh, yeah, I know most people haven't uh, heard of this movie, but I really, really loved what I watched this. Uh, 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 I, I really love my time watching this movie. Bill, it's it's a classic, but it's also messed up. Have you seen this? I have not seen it, but that is exactly how my divorce went. Oh! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, oh. no, 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 I'm just kidding. No, she just went bipolar and got nothing. It's fine. <laughs> 
No, but in my head, this, this is in the same universe as the cook, the thief, the wife, and their lover, or whatever. Like, it's like a, it, it just feels like a similar film, although I have no idea what that's about, other than the I don't characters. think they're anything alike, but I might be wrong. Uh, Joseph, have you seen this? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, we'll now go to. Uh, We'll go to me for my best movie. Uh, I'm going um, kind of on a more obscure movie. I don't really hear people talk about this. This is a, a movie from the 80s called Local Hero. Uh, this is a, a Burt Lancaster. Well, Burt Lancaster's in it. He's probably the biggest name in the movie. He has a supporting role, though. And basically the premise is you've got like this uh, kind of Texas businessman who is sent by his boss to kind of work over this land merger uh, in Scotland for their oil company. And it's basically just him in Scotland trying to get these people to give up their land. Uh, and it's kind of a comedy, but it's a, it's, it's a dramedy. Uh, so there's some good comedy, but there's some drama there. Uh, Burt Lancaster, he's super funny as the boss. Um, he's basically, like, he hires this guy to basically verbally abuse him throughout the movie so that he can feel emotion. It's really wacky but funny. Uh, but this this movie looks gorgeous. Uh, there's a kind of subplot centered around finding a comet. And um, this, this movie shoots Scotland sky and it looks beautiful. I bought this on Criterion recently because the sale ended... Uh, two days ago, and I wanted to get two movies before it did. So, yeah. Uh, Payson, have you seen this? Uh, I have not, but I just added it to my watch list because it sounds super interesting. Bill? Uh, no, I actually thought this was the John Ritter 1980 comedy, uh, like, hero at large. So, for a second there, I got confused. Clearly a different film, but I have not seen it. That's fair. Uh, Adelaide? Is this the same thing as that, like, 2006 baseball movie, Everybody's Hero? No, just okay. That's everyone's hero. Oh, damn team. it. I'm never going to win a Warzone title. Fuck. <laughs> okay, well, we'll move on. <laughs> Bill, what's your pick? All right. So, uh, the last week or so, Fiance Noel's upgraded our Paramount Plus subscription to include Showtime. And I didn't know this, but it included. Almost every A24 film. And I was like, hey, I'm on vacation. Let's start watching some stuff. And then I showed her a trailer. And I'm like, hey, would you want to watch this one? It's supposed to be pretty good. She's like, absolutely. This is my kind of movie. So we watched uh, Green Room, finally. And holy shit, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, Good-ass movie, though. Although, I will say, the first third of this movie was pretty much my early 20s. And it made me completely nostalgic. I don't miss like going to play shows at like basements for $20. So I don't miss having to do that, but um, yeah, no, it was a very tense, very good thriller. Uh, she loved it. She, she likes that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seen... Oh, sorry. Were you done, Bill? I am. Yeah, I know. It's a good film. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I watched this for the first time uh, probably a year ago now, uh, probably a little more than that. Uh, and yeah, I, I was kind of hesitant to watch it because like I kind of knew it was a bit of a horror. 
But this is definitely like one of those movies that is like half really horror thriller. Like it's both. And like the I I think that this movie like just I love contained movies, whether they're contained in time or location or both. Yeah. I just like movies that just stay in this little area and then do everything that they can within that restriction. And I always think that's neat. Um, I think, yeah, like the opening or the, the first like 20 minutes where you just basically just get like the punk vibe. That's fun. And then just as the tension starts building and they're in the green room and Patrick's great, such a great bad guy in this. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Payson, have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen this and I really, really love it. Um, I just love how this movie just in a way kind of hates its protagonists by just like it does not let them off the hook at all it will do horrible things to them at any point in this movie without any warning and i think that sort of leads to the intensity uh like boatman said i think patrick stewart is so terrifying in this film i think the scary parts about like it's scary when he's doing these evil things i think it's even scarier when just like He's in his normal everyday fashion, like trying to put on the facade just because you know how horrible he is. But no, I just think this movie is is brutal. It is it it makes you feel cramped, it makes you feel uncomfortable. I really love this movie. Yeah, uh Adelaide. I I really love this when I first saw it. Unfortunately, it's been, you know, like five, six years, but it's really good. And I think as of like as my like love for horror has grown, I feel like I'm gonna like this more like even more every watch. But yeah, I think Patrick Stewart honestly deserves deserve an Oscar nomination with like not a lot in the film and not a lot to do. He sells it so well. He's incredible. Uh yeah. Uh Joseph. Been a while since I saw it, but I remember liking it. Rest in peace, Anton Yelchin. All right, well, now we'll go over to Adelaide. Uh, as we all know, I'm a wonderful uh, teammate. And after a while, you're like, hey, let me, let me, let me support my friend in, in more ways than just trivia. So I watched one of Alex's uh, five favorite films, I Married a Witch, which is this barely like 80-minute comedy of a witch who cursed a family to never be happily in love. And then after being trapped in a tree for like a hundred years, she breaks out and is like, oh, I can cause more chaos. And she finds the descendant and basically seeks to make his love life the worst thing possible by making him fall in love with her and tearing him away from his happy marriage. And that sounds like really depressing, but it's so funny. And it's just like mile a minute comedy while also just being like really smart. And I think that the way that it constructs jokes is just very engaging and rich Especially like I don't know like anyone in this. Like I only know Veronica Lake because she's the poster of Sullivan's Travels, and that is it. And she is incredible. Um, I recommend everyone to go out and see this. The only reason this isn't a five is because there's a massive age disparity between her and the lead guy, and it's a little ick. But I think if you remove that, this is flawless comedy. In terms of classic movies, I'm sure there's worse age disparities. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, any Audrey Hepburn movie, if we're being honest. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. have not seen this. Uh, Payson, have you seen this? I've heard of it. I have not seen it. Bill, this has witches. Have you seen it? I, I don't know. 
Why do you, just because it has witches doesn't mean I've seen it. Also, before anybody Batman. says anything, me and Pace did not plan to both wear Batman shirts. That is just happenstance. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. It's vaguely spooky. Maybe you've seen it. I don't know. <laughs> Joseph, this is old. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not seen it, but I have seen old. That's. <laughs> I heard it's real bad. It's not great. Yeah. That was a good joke. <laughs> right. uh, now we go over to Joseph. Joseph, are you with us? Uh, hopefully. Uh, so earlier this past week, I watched a 1949 dark comedy called Kind Hearts and Coronets. This movie is, if you want to talk about, uh, Payson mentioned talking about, uh, bad people. Oh boy. Uh, this movie gets really dark, even for a forties movie that surprised me. But I think that uh, if you're interested in very dark comedy, there's a lot of very, very good dialogues, I think, because it focuses on the main character whose mother was kicked out of her rich family's inheritance after she married in, into a uh, she married a poor guy. And uh, so he wants to try to plot his revenge, the main character. He wants to plot his revenge so that he takes over the inheritance. But the problem is there are eight people in line to uh, have the inheritance before him. And uh, what's interesting about this is that those eight people ahead of him are all played by Alec Guinness. And it's interesting to see Alec Guinness play eight different roles. Some of them, some of them he's only in it for like a few seconds. They don't show him fully play every single role that he has, but it's very, very good to see and very entertaining, just very entertaining to see how he pulls off each of them. I think he's really, really good in that. One of them is, um, uh, well, they, they vary in age. One of, he, among the people that he plays are uh, a, an old priest, a, a suffragette woman, act, a female suffragist activist, and a young son of one of the, uh, and a younger man in the movie. It's it's very funny, I think. If you can right, check so, it out. Yeah. So you might be wondering why I had that reaction. Because I've had this movie on, like, my radar for, like, the longest time. And I've been like, eh, is this good? And, like, Joseph bringing up, like, ah, this is good. I was like, heck yeah, I'm making this a priority to watch. Um, yeah, no, like, dark comedy, comedy Alec Guinness, which, like, I'm realizing is my favorite Alec Guinness. Uh, I'm, I'm in. Uh, Payson, have you seen this? Uh, have not seen this one, but it sounds interesting. Bill, it's got murder. Yeah, what the frick, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Psychopath, but anyway, I mean, you like hell comes to Frog Town, and I immediately apologize for bringing that to everyone's attention. I'm sorry, and not everybody is three peckered frogs like I do. No, I haven't seen attached to his privates. Oh, same year as they live. I love, I love, oh man, Roddy's got nards, he does. 
Adelaide, I'm going to assume you haven't seen this. No, but Alec Guinness pulling a Peter Sellers sounds really fun. Yeah. I mean, Alec Guinness almost, like, you watch some of that early comedy stuff of his, it almost feels like he could have been Peter Sellers. And then the Lady Killers happened, and then Peter Sellers was in that. Uh, so then that became, Peter Sellers became Peter Sellers. Okay. Uh, pace it. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're going to go now to um, your least favorite movie you log this week. Payson. Uh, so, interesting thing, I wasn't really able to watch, like, a bad movie this week, but I was able to get out to uh, to my family's home in uh, Michigan. Uh, very nice, like, wetlands. Uh, it, it was pretty fun. Uh, but I ended up suffering an accident. I, uh, I almost broke my neck because I was uh, I was pushed down a mountain. And uh, it was it was kind of scary. Um, yeah, in fact, I, I I actually got footage of what happened. Uh, Bowman, if you want to pull the footage up, I, I don't know if I want to bring that up. I knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew it was happening. <laughs> Wait, what are recommended videos? Yeah, so, so, so as you can see, that's my that's my cousin chasing after me. That was unfortunately me in the uh, in the abandoned Volkswagen. I was trying to pull the emergency brakes. Uh, look at me, just yep, and I and I just go off and yeah, fall down about uh 500 feet. Oh look, oh oh, uh, the government doesn't want you to see that. Uh yeah, uh, oh shit. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. That felt better in theory um, than an execution pace. I'm not gonna lie. Fair. Uh, bits over. Um, so I am dating a lovely woman by the name of Taylor Paulson. Uh, she one day told, asked me, hey, do you want to watch some of the worst movies of all time? And I was like, sure, this sounds fun. Four weeks in, oh boy, uh, we watched Mac and Me. Uh, let me just say, this movie lives up to its hype. Uh, this movie barely has a plot. Like, I want to say this is like a 90-minute movie. With, around the hour 10 mark is when the villains are introduced. The rest of the movie is just this kid trying to prove to his mom that this alien exists. Uh, you have scenes, I think, as most people know, the awful alien effects. You just see the alien family just walking around its planet. Um, horrible. I think the thing that most people probably know about this movie is uh, it was essentially an advertisement for McDonald's. And I want to say around the 45-minute mark in this movie, it stops for a uh, dance scene in a McDonald's. Where, um, yeah, just shit happens. Um, there is a scene where, uh, I'm gonna spoil Mac and me. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, Joseph. Spoiler for a 40 year old movie. Yeah, spoiler for, uh, Mac and me. Uh, there's a scene where, uh, the main. I didn't spoil the main it, you, kind hearts and coronets, and that movie's over 70 years old. Shut up. Yeah, but That's people fair. care about it. <laughs> um, so there's a scene where, uh, the main kid, uh, dies. And Mac is like, shit, I got, I got to heal this kid. So what does he do? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola oh, yeah. is what heals this kid because uh, they love Coca-Cola. So, yeah, horrible movie. Uh, piece of shit. Don't like it. Fair enough. I haven't seen Mac and Me. Joseph, you haven't seen Mac and Me. Adelaide, you haven't seen Mac and Me. Well, right? actually, oh. uh, no. No, fuck no. <laughs> Bill, You've seen I that? I mean, of course, I saw it in the theater when I was effects. a kid. So, no, I'm kidding. But we did run in a home video. And yeah, no, this is horrendous film. Totally terrible. Nothing lands. It is like $5 ET. And also a fantastic episode on Mystery Science Theater 3000 with the new host, Jonah, Jonah Ray. 
amazing episode because they tear into this shithole. And yeah, no, it was pretty much McDonald's commercial. They just flooded the bill and thought this would work, and it did not. And it's terrible. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll show you far worse because you're a tourist when it comes to bad movies. This is like a okay, mayor yeah. of bad movie town. <laughs> Five dollars seems like too high a price to pay for Mac and me. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we found it on YouTube. I like you at that point. You Would you pay more for a You can find ET and Walmart bargain bins for five dollars. Joseph, did you just ask what I pay more for a Big Mac and Mac and me? Uh, shut your mouth. I would eat a Big Mac any day. I would kill for a Big Mac if I was on death row. And someone asked me, what do you want for your final meal? I'd say, just give me the Big Mac and get it over with. Wow. Awful <laughs> choice. Fair. Anyway, uh, now we're going to meet, well, much like Payson, uh, though I'm a little bit more behind him, I'm also going through original screenplay winners. Uh, and there's one that was pretty bad, guys. So you know how they make movies about, like, important figures in America? Well, you know how they also sometimes make movies about unimportant figures in America? Woodrow Wilson got a movie, and it is two and a half hours long. It's a long movie, guys, and it's like... It's terrible. It's terrible in like just the, oh, it's a really boring biopic. It's also terrible in the sense of it is basically just like a love letter to Woodrow Wilson. And it's like 90% of this movie is made up. Like this movie just, it's not interested in actually telling you the story of Woodrow Wilson. The only thing that is like good about this movie is the lead guy, Alexander Knox, is actually quite good as Woodrow Wilson. Uh, but everything around him pretty much is bad. There's the the actors are fine. It's just the the movie itself is is bad. Uh yeah, uh Payson. Yeah, uh this movie is just meh to me. I also watched this movie. Uh it's definitely uh on the lower end of my screenplay rankings. I'll be honest, I don't remember a ton from this movie, except for one scene uh, where a uh, certain Theodore Roosevelt, uh, let, let's just say Woodrow Wilson is going to go see a play, and a certain Theodore Roosevelt comes out, and oh boy, his face is uh, darkened to uh, be PC about it. Yeah, uh, straight up blackface in this movie. Okay. Uh, not fun. Uh, yeah, this, this movie's not good. Not good. Big oof. Big oof from this movie. Bill, it's old and there's no murder. You haven't seen it. And there's blackface, so I'm not going. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I, I do not recommend. Uh, yeah. Adelaide? Hey, over on Picture This, we talked about it. Go watch that because I'm not going to watch this piece of shit. That's fair. Joseph? Nope. You make better life decisions than I do. Uh, Bill, I can only Do I imagine know? what fresh. Oh, what? Do I though? We'll go with sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bill, I can only imagine what fresh horrors await from our first worst movie, Bill Log, this week. Go ahead. It is without a doubt Icebreaker from 2000. <laughs> And if you don't know what this is, it's Die Hard at a Ski Resort, 
Your John McClane is Sean Astin. And your Hans Gruber is, for some reason, a bald Bruce Campbell. And at no point does anything remotely interesting happen in this film. So uh, it is really bad. It's from David Giancola, the guy who did Time Chasers. And if you don't know what that is, it's a fantastic. Of course, of course, David Giancola. David Giancola, yes. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, one of my more favorite episodes of the Ministry of Science Theater, Time Chasers, and apparently has made a whole bunch of movies. Somehow this guy still keeps getting work good for him, but this is horrible. And the only reason why I got saved is because I watched a Rift Tracks version of it because this is just a terrible film. <laughs> like It's like an action movie that forgot things are supposed to happen. So I applaud the out-of-the-box casting for Sean Astin and your, you know, to kind of stick with that whole theme of like how weird it was for, you know, uh, Bruce Willis to get that nod in 88 coming off like Blind Date and Moonlighting. But uh, it didn't work here at all, even though he did Toy Soldiers, but. Here's Even the, weirder that this is like this is that dead spot for Sean Astin, like literally post, post Rudy pre Lord of the Rings. So literally in the trivia, it was like he already agreed to do this when he booked Lord of the Rings, and you can kind of tell he's kind of checking out the way after this. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, it's so good, so bad. Fucking loved it. That's fair. I have not seen this, so uh, maybe I do make better decisions than Bill. Uh, Payson? Uh, I have not seen this, but I recur but I encourage everyone watching to go and look at the poster because it looks exactly what you think it would look like. Yep. <laughs> oh, I want to look at the poster now. Adelaide, have you seen this? And Adelaide gave up. Adelaide gave up. <laughs> Joseph, did you give up? Nope. Sorry, no, I have not seen this. Fair enough. Well, now we'll get into the, the more fun part of the show. Movies that deserve... Oh, wait, Joseph. Oh, my God, Joseph. I'm sorry, Joseph. Go ahead. Your least favorite movie of this week. Oh, wait, no, we forgot Adelaide, too. I'm so, Adelaide, go ahead. I mean, I'll go ahead of Adelaide, so we saved Adelaide's last... If yeah, you're, go ahead, if you're Joseph. Okay with that, Adelaide. Sure, Joseph, go ahead. Um, so I didn't see a movie that I downright hated to the level of some other people to, with their least favorite movies that they logged this past week. But it's a movie that I am still processing. I just watched it today, but I definitely felt underwhelmed by Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, Get Out is one of my favorite movies of the past decade. Us, I think, is okay. Nope. Um, I think in concept has some really great parts. The I, I don't want to spoil it because it's recent, but uh, there are some uh, intimidating moments, which I do think are effective. But that first half hour was putting me to sleep. And by the time it gets more intense, I'm like struggling to get back into the groove because I was not that invested in the first half of it or the first half hour of it. Like, I don't mind if a movie is a slow burn because 
once they get things going in the after the after the slower parts, the movie can be very great. But I'm still I'm still trying to make out what's what was happening in the movie. There were um, yeah, the the first half hour uh, made me underwhelmed with what uh, yeah. Nope. Uh, I do want to give it a rewatch, see what happens, to see the whole picture, but that's for now. That's my pick for now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I watched Nope this week. I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it more than Us, less than Get Out, which is, I think, how most people are feeling about it. Uh, I I I will say though, I don't really have a problem with the half the first half hour. Uh, I I liked the, like the first hour of so this movie was kind of just allowing the characters to just kind of exist and chill. I like that element of it. Uh, I feel like so many horror movies are like not at all character focused, and I really like that we got like a lot of the motivation and dynamic characters because I really like Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Paul Kiki Palmer in particular. I liked so much in this. I was like. Wow, she's really, really good in this, and I was just like very surprised because, like, I know her as—I mean, she, not that she's not really good in *Nikhil and the Bee*, but like, you know, then she was True Jackson VP on Nickelodeon, and I kind of thought that's where we were gonna stay. But no, she's like really good in this. Stephen Yoon uh, was not quite in this as much as I thought he would be, but he—I do really like him in this. Uh yeah, no, I. I really like this actually. I, I appreciate I will always appreciate any movie that just takes like two minutes to break down late nineties SNL. That was a fun moment. <laughs> just Steven Yoon talking about Chris Catan and Anna Gasteyer. That's fun. Uh Payson, you saw Nope. Yeah, I loved Nope. Um I get uh people not being the biggest fan of the first uh half. I just think Peel is okay. That's an exaggeration, Cody. Um, I just think um, Jordan Peel is doing the meme. Oh, fair. Okay, he's okay. like doing the the bit. That's fair. Twitter. That's fair. Uh, no, I just think Jordan Peel is such a master of building tension that I couldn't help but just be invested. Um, I think both the leads are incredible. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya is turning out to be one of the more interesting actors. Uh, working right now, and Kiki Palmer just blows this performance out of the water. She's currently my number two for actress behind Michelle Yeoh. Like, I loved her uh, in this movie. Um, I also thought Michael Wincott was really, really fun. Uh, he has a smaller part in this movie, but I think they use him very, very... He, no, he's the uh, he's the sound, the major sound. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. But no, but no, the, 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 the guy who plays Angel is also great. Um, the, the, the one major complaint I do have is there is a side story in this movie that I thought was going to connect in a slightly bigger way that didn't quite. And I was like, huh, not to go into spoilers, but no, I really, really love this movie. And I, the last like 30 minutes are just my heart was pumping the whole time. Uh, Bill, oh. I think the plan is to see this tomorrow. That's fair. 
Yeah. Jason, were you going to add something else? Yeah. Uh, there is a scene in this movie where uh, Kiki Palmer's character is on a motorcycle that is a reference to a certain animated movie. I legit popped in the theater. It was crazy. I was cheering. No one else was. But yeah. Adelaide. I don't know how to back up Jason. That happened. I'm like, yes, fuck, go. Uh, I'll say, my two favorite things about this movie, one, Michael Wincott, the dude's just fucking dope as shit in this. And the thing is, I won't say how, but one of the, one of the, one of like the character posters released for the film, like sort of reveals the movie. And I just, Jordan Peele is so smart. That dude's a genius and I love him to pieces and I really can't wait to see whatever, whatever he does next. It's fair. Uh, now we'll go over to uh, wait. Oh no! Yeah, has everyone yes. talked about nope? I haven't talked. Yeah. Yeah. Now we go over to Adelaide. Yes. I want to point to that, and, I, and I'm glad he's in the chat. So whoever I'm talking about will know this specifically. On the week that I watched Superman three and Superman four: The Quest for Peace, Oof. the worst movie I watched is fucking Yellow Submarine. One of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. If if the Beatles were one of the greatest bands to ever exist, this would be one of the worst films ever created. It is horrendous. It's It has no plot, but not in a way that like, oh, it's weird for me to not like it. It's just, it's nonsensical. It's these weird blue fuzzball demons that can prove the stone are taking over a land of pepper. And then they go to the Beatles and they're like, ooh, I wrote a song about an octopus, and that's it. And then they're just like, oh, they're just fucking hanging out, getting super fucking high, and like, okay, we'll, we'll fight them with music, and it's, I hate it. And there's a random little fucking Kiwi-looking thing called a boob that just says weird things. It is, it is horrendous. I hate it that I had to watch it, and it, I double-featured this with a, with, a, with, a, with a star and a half movie. This is one of the worst weeks I've had for Ronto writing in a long, long time. Yeah, no, this bad. This is bad. Uh, I I did not enjoy this. I had to watch this back for the top 40 animated movies because Chance Ellison <laughs> had this on his top 40 for some reason. It bad. Music good. But even then, like, Yellow Submarine is, like, probably bottom five Beatles studio albums, if we're being honest. Payson. Uh, one of my favorite moments from Top 40 Animated uh, Movies is where Chance said, but you know, Boatman, you gotta get into the right state of mind to watch this movie. And then you said, oh yeah, you gotta get high to watch a movie. Glowing endorsement. Uh, the only thing I really know about this movie is that there are these things called the Blue Meanies, but that's all I know. Fair enough. Bill? I, okay, actually, I'll add one thing really quick. I got Jack Pinchuk to watch this. Fucking bank out of his mind. Half a star. It does not help. Uh, Bill. Well, did he try cocaine? Ooh, you gotta take hardcore acid. Bill. Oh, well, now I'm good. But no, no, I've never seen it. I just know that this is where the blue meanie got his name from. The wrestler. So. Oh. Yeah, but no, never saw it. I'm good. Fair enough. Joseph. I have not seen it. Fair enough. Well, now we are going to go over to uh, the main part of the show, movies that you think deserve sequels. And you know what? 
I'm going to start it off this time. I rarely start these off. I'm going to start it off. I'm going with a movie that came out uh, at this point now about six years ago. Uh, and I think this is one, the one that, like, of the last ten years, this is probably the movie that everybody is like, how come we never got a sequel to The Nice Guys? Yeah. God damn it, that was mine. <laughs> I think that was everybody's. <laughs> I highly considered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. The This... How the heck have we not gotten another one of these? Like, the chemistry between Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe is incredible. It's a setup that is basically bred for a sequel. Like, this setup, you can just put these two guys in any situation. Like, it doesn't matter. They're private detectives, and just have them go do something. That's your movie. It's it's so frustrating. I'm mad. I I get the exemption because I was 16 and not allowed to see R-rated movies without an adult when this came out. But um, I'm mad at everyone who could have seen this in the theaters and didn't. I saw it. I saw it. I okay. saw it. I you're saw not it. on my. You're okay. All of you are chill. If you could have seen this in the theaters and didn't. Bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, patient. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. This movie is so much fun. Um, Ryan Gosling is such a good idiot. Like, it cannot be, um, like, said enough how good he is at playing this, like, completely, like, just out of his, out of his element, uh, character. Um, I've said it before, the two best actors who gave the best performances in 2016 were both nominated for best actor, but for completely different movies, Ryan Gosling should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this movie. Uh, Russell Crowe is great as like this tough guy, um, uh, just like that. Just you just hire to beat him up, but yeah, just put these guys in anything. I would love to do another one. Uh, I remember when this movie came out; it was like sort of a crappy summer, and everyone was complaining that there weren't enough original movies. And it's just like it's right there. It's right there. The nice guys like Pete Shane Black. Yeah, please, more nice guys. That's fair, Bill. I mean, it was going to be my number one pick. <laughs> yeah, this movie's good. Also, uh, every time I watch this, every time Gosling lets out that scream after his thumb gets broken, I fucking crack up for three straight minutes because it is just the funniest scream. <laughs> or just him like cutting his hand trying to break open the window. Everything he does in this movie is like fucking comedy gold. It's just so good. Love it, Emily. I this may be the perfect pick in the sense that I love the characters, I don't love the plot because I think that its third act is really clunky, doesn't really end very strongly. But anything with more like Crow and Gosling, I would love to see. That being said, I would actually prefer to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang 2 a little bit more than this. But if this is a sequel, I won't complain. That's fair, Joseph. This is a blind spot for me. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, uh, I know my opinion don't mean shit, but I recommend. Uh, now we'll go over to Adelaide. Adelaide, what's your first pick? Oh, shit. I should, I should, actually, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, Bill, if this is another one of your picks. I do a horror shout-out. I watched Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, with Mike relatively recently. And it is... 
one of the best satires I've ever seen. And I think the fact that it sort of just ended there is really upsetting. For those who don't know, uh, Behind the Mask is about uh, a guy who is trained to become the next Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, all that good shit. And he hires a documentary crew to follow him around and, and like see his journey as like the next great horror slasher celebrity thing. And I think that is such like an interesting and amazing concept. And the fact we don't get more of that is insane. And there has been a sequel in development for so long. And the only reason they just scrapped it. And like with the way that horror has changed much in the past 15 years. And I know I can sell fucking Bowman because he just watched Scream, the new one. And seeing how it like, like what is that, 26 years later? The difference between the first Scream and the new one? How the, like, the latest of horror changed? I want to see this. I want to see this changed. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I have not seen this movie, but your pitch sounds interesting. Joseph? Uh, the first time I heard about this movie was because of Mike Hanley on his YLS Top 100. And uh, I think that his pitch sounded like a very wild movie, but I have not seen it. That's fair. Payson? Uh, I have not seen it, but it sounds super interesting. Bill? It has been on my list for forever. Because everyone keeps telling me if there was a movie grown in a lab specifically for me, it is this movie. Bill. Yeah. This is, I, I, I think I've shot that already. This is so you. Yeah, no, I hear, and it sounds like a wonderful premise. Uh, I gotta ask how, like, there's a movie that sounds so you, and yet you, like, sit down to watch Icebreaker. Because I just watched Green Room. And I needed the complete and total antithesis of that to scrub, like, to scrub the palate a little. It's like earlier in the day when I watched The Lighthouse and followed it up with Sudden Death. That's like being like, hey, I had a steak, so now I'm going to go stick my head in the toilet. <laughs> no, it's, wow, I just had this wonderful prime rib. Now I'm going to eat a fucking tasty cake. That's exactly how that works. I don't think, I don't know if I call those tasty cakes, Bill. Uh, that's, that's more like a urinal a cake. Name is no, it's a more like name. a urinal cake. That's uh, a regional thing. <laughs> now we will go over to Joseph. Joseph, what's your first pick? So uh, I hope nobody will get upset that I bring this up, but I got dibs on Zack Attack. Uh, there's a movie that I really, really enjoyed as a kid that uh, I think would really benefit from having a sequel just because of all the yeah sky high uh the this is a movie that you can already enjoy as a kid but then when you grow up there's a lot more to it that meets the eye and i loved it uh the um the ending is perfect my girlfriend became my arch enemy my arch enemy actually spoilers my bad uh but uh anyway yeah (laughs) it's almost 20 years it's fine we've also also all seen it multiple times (laughs) It's not like an underseen movie or anything. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I got excited for, for a moment. But anyway, but anyway, all the powers, all the powers are very cool. Even the sidekick powers, they're they're done for really great comedy. You can of course grow with more characters and more villains, and of course the oh, and also rest in peace Kelly Preston who passed away a couple of years ago. But uh, <laughs> Cody's comment, uh, yeah, uh, but yes, this movie. Is very entertaining, and I think a sequel could be do could be done really well. Yeah, no, I I would agree with this. I feel like this is one like especially with how the landscape of superheroes has changed. 
I think you can really make do some interesting things, like especially with how they're like introduce maybe more like kind of kind of like how, what Incredibles does, right? Where you've got Syndrome, who is kind of a man-made hero, kind of like that, right? Of like how do like characters like an Iron Man or a Batman kind of fit into this world? That'd be interesting. To also, just seeing these characters, you know, almost twenty years later would be. Kind of fascinating, uh, Payson. Yeah, uh, spoilers, this would have been my first pick. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I had the privilege of going on uh, Kelly's podcast and talking about this. Uh, uh, if anyone listened to Doing Disney, we just talked for uh, about an hour about how much we love uh, Sky High. This is just primed for a franchise. Like, the idea of um, just superheroes, like, training and learning how to use their superpowers, like... The fact that we didn't get a series, it was planned by Disney to make it a full-on franchise and eventually get their own uh, series on uh, Disney Channel, but this one only barely made us money back, so they sort of scrapped that. Yeah, um, you could make so many movies with this concept. Like, the second one could be them doing their first mission. The third one could maybe have them going back to school. The fourth one could maybe having some of the citizens go on patrol. Maybe the fifth one, they go down to Okay, Miami. I'm cutting you out there. Okay, yeah. This is, this is a great pick. <laughs> so, someone on this panel made me watch this movie. Yeah, and yeah, no, this is just like I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. You can't, you, you can't not give me members of the kids in a home, Bruce Campbell in a movie, and not expect me to have fun with it. Uh, yeah, that's a delightful movie. The only downside for me was the soundtrack because it was just pissing oh. me off the whole film. Because I'm like, dude, spend the extra couple bucks, get the actual artist from did these actual songs. That's that's my only complaint. But other than that, no, it is a... It, yeah, it's fun. It's a solid time. So. Uh, Adley? This movie was my number one pick. And then I realized Payson just talked about this for an hour. He's probably going to pick it anyways. This is a perfect movie. This is so good. Right down to fucking Jim Rash on some drugs. Probably good enough to watch Yellow Submarine. That is Metal Girl! <laughs> I told you never to fucking thing, and I love it. It's I so had to good. go to the bank today. <laughs> I just, I love this so deeply, and I wish something happened. It's been fifteen years. Bring it, give us something. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, now we will go to Payson. Also, Payson. Uh, thank you. Uh, just, just one quick thing that I wanted to say. Uh, one time when I was watching this with a friend and some of my siblings, uh, my this friend was trying to tell us when we were younger that the actor was Jeff Bridges. I've, I've heard Can you guys people hear me? mistake too. I mean, I guess the hair sort of, but that's weird. Payson. Uh, yeah, um, so Sky High was going to be my first pick. Um, uh, so I think I'm going to go for my second one real fast. I missed him too as well, Cody. Uh, and I even have the title for my film. Uh, the Sixth Element. Uh, the Fifth Element is one of my favorite uh, sci-fi movies of all time. It is just... I, like, for... I, I don't really care whether you love or hate this movie. I just want people to watch this movie then to say, yeah, that's a movie Payson would love. 
the imagination displayed in this film is incredible. I love the characters. I love the world that uh, is in this movie. And I just think with like a sequel, you could explore even more with that movie. Um, like, I know, unfortunately, we wouldn't have Bruce Willis return, uh, which would be unfortunate. But just getting, um, just getting um, uh, Lee Lu, just getting, uh, um, oh my gosh, R- uh, Ruby, just getting, hopefully we get uh, Gary Oldman at Zorg to come back. Like, I just want those characters to go on another adventure, just get into some more wacky hijinks. Like, I really love this movie. Um, oh, yeah. What would I make the sixth element if the fifth element was love? You know what? We're going to make it hunger. This will be a movie about getting hungry because food is good. And we get to see a bunch of sci-fi food. So let's go. I love this. <laughs> Took a turn there, Payson. Yeah, I've I've never really been able to get into the fifth element personally. I've like I don't know if I've ever actually finished it. Uh but yeah. Uh Bill. The sixth element is my asshole. Because I hate enough. this movie. I hate it. Oh, Bill. oh wow. I hate this movie. Coming from Bill, that is surprising. Do you know how fucked up your movie has to be for me to go, God, I want to punch Chris Tucker in the fucking face? He's so good. He's so he good. is so Annoying. Yes. Everything about this movie is infuriating. I don't like it. I'm sorry. I'm all there. Adelaide? No. Nah, I'm good. Fair. <laughs> Joseph? Fair enough, then. Uh, so, Bill, bring us home. <laughs> okay. So since my number one was taken, my number two is still on the board. Um, this is a movie that's nearing 40 years ago. Uh, and this was like a movie I adored when I was a kid. And every so often I go back to it and I still love it. And the fact that this thing never got a sequel is a crime against humanity. And I'm going to go with The Last Starfighter. Um, this is such a great film and a great concept of, hey, we're going to stick these video games all over the place, and if someone knows how to beat it, well, that's clearly the skills we need to find an intergalactic battle. It's like every dream you've ever had playing video games as a kid. And also, Robert Preston. Fucking the music man himself just got killing it in this film. Top notch. I fucking love this movie. It is just such a great... It's so fun. A lot of the effects are really great. Uh, some of it's some dodgy CGI because they were just figuring that out, and that's just forgivable. But overall, this is just a blast of a good time. I'm sorry. I love this film. And how the hell this never got one is beyond me. It's ripe. It's right there. Yeah, that's fair. I've never seen this. I've heard good things. Uh, Adelaide? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Payson? Uh, I have not actually uh, seen this, even though it sounds like my sort of thing. But I've heard from many people to say, like, if we're if you're gonna make like a dream sequel, this is one of those that would be absolutely. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, uh, now... Joseph, have you seen the last Starfighter? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. What was I asked? Sorry. The, have you seen the last Starfighter? I have not. Okay. That was worth it. Uh, now we will go over back to me 
for my next pick. Oh god, now and, pixels you know, in front of me, please. I'm sorry, what? I just read that comment. Fucking pixels can just go die in a fucking dumpster. Stop fire. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh, talk about movies that don't need sequels. It really don't. Uh, in fact, yeah, Dream should have been crushed on that one. So you know, I'm kind of gonna go in Adelaide's lane a little bit of you know a kind of a sequel to a spoof movie. Because I actually think, in terms of like parody and spoofs, or at least sort of spoofs, there you can, with how the climate of movies have changed, you can really do a lot of interesting things. And I think one movie that I'm, I'm keeping with the same writer because I think that he writes movies that are primed for sequels. I think Last Action Hero. Nice. Yes. yes. Should get a sequel. Fucking let's go. You know, uh, I I think you absolutely can do another one. I don't know necessarily, you know, how many elements from the first movie you bring back, but I think just taking, you know, the the magic ticket premise and moving with that, and we're in the 2010s, I I think there's a few people who you could get to kind of be the new, like, main action hero like they've rebooted the character in universe they've rebooted the character of jack slater because reboots are like a big thing so now instead of arnold it's like let's say dwayne johnson for lack of a better pick because he was the biggest action star of the 2010s probably and i think what would be a really fun premise is basically the like 1993 Arnold finds out that he's based or is mad that he's been replaced. So you kind of like have this battle of like the 80s, 90s action movies versus the 2010s, or you can have a whole new plot. Who cares? But I think that would kind of be fun in a way to keep Arnold in it. Uh, but however you want to do it, I think that this would be really fun. I, I'd really like a sequel to Last Action Hero. Uh, Payson. Uh, this is a genius idea. Um, I love your pitch for having The Rock play, um, the Arnold character. I think that would honestly be a really, really good, uh, choice for him. But, yeah, like, just tackling certain, like, tropes in, like, today's action movies I think would be really, really cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about this, but this is, this is really fun. Yeah, I, I really like the first Last Action Hero. Well, uh, the bad guy has a tower. Guess that means there's going to be a sky beam in this movie. What's a sky beam? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> that could be in the movie. That could be in the movie. Uh, Bill. Or, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw this in theaters when it came out, and I adored this movie. Uh, I just thought, what, like, a great premise it was. And... Also, like if you look look at a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, the insane things they 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 literally added five stories onto a building for the whole funeral scene to blow it all up, and you just don't get that kind of thing anymore. Yeah, I miss that kind of craftsmanship where they're just like, ah, eh, build an extra five floors and just blow the shit out of it. And my only complaint is it does drag a little bit in the two and th in Act two and three within the real world, but even still, I, I don't care because I love all the characters and I'm just having fun. And they're having fun. And, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Fucking Danny Madigan, dude. Yeah. Fucking baller. That kid was. Adelaide? 
Uh, I haven't seen it. I will say, I was really hyped. I thought you were saying real life deserves a sequel. I'm like, hell yeah. But you go to this, and I haven't seen it. So, yeah. I, I mean, I will literally pitch anything if it means Albert Brooks comes um, back to Imagine Dracula. Albert Brooks doing modern-day reality TV so he does his own Survivor. People actually fucking die. It's like Total Drama Island, but Albert Brooks. That's so <laughs> cool. Come on. <laughs> Make that your pick, Adelaide. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> no. Joke. But I have so. Okay then. <laughs> so now we will go over to uh, Adelaide. Your first or your second? Not really. God. Um. I'll cu- I'll keep things non-traditional. I-, I have a couple normal ones here, but I wanted to add some spice to the show I've been on in a while. Um, I mentioned before I, I am a chef, uh, and not a great one. Uh, and I would thought it'd be fun to see the difference in the culinary universe uh, now versus the 1990s, at least when the film was made. I think it's period. I don't remember it very well, but I think the world needs more Stanley Tucci, especially with a very thick Italian accent. Yep, I'm going big night. Um, I just... I, this might be like a very like niche thing for, for me, but I, I love seeing how food culture changes over time, especially like the food that was made in like the 80s and 90s is very different to what we make now. Both the flavor and the influence of like international spices and dishes, even different like cutting techniques. It's all changed a lot in the past 30, 40, 50 years. And I think like having that apply to a restaurant, I think is really great. The movie's also obsessed with like so, so celebrity culture. And I think uh, having... Um, Secundo and his brother, uh, like having to appeal right now rather than like, oh, international rock stars, random fucking Yelpers who are like review bombing him. And that's why they're losing money. It can sound a little cringy, but I think there's so much heart in that first film that I, I think if you bring all of the cast and crew back for a sequel, it could be really, real, something really fun and like chef, but like with Stanley Tucci. So it's a win. Oh, uh, yeah. I do really like Big Night. I don't know personally, personally if I want a sequel to it, but I do really like the movie. Joseph, you see Big Night? Okay, then. Payson? Uh, I have not, but uh, this sounds interesting. It also sounds like a really good movie that I've been wanting to watch. So, Bill? I, I have not. I know this is a Meltzer favorite, and he's been telling me to watch it for a long time. So, And who doesn't love Stanley Tucci? That is fair. Tucci gang. Tucci gang. Tucci gang. Tucci gang. Tucci gang. Tucci gang. All right, Joseph, are you there for your next pick? Okay, then we'll go over to Payson and come back to Joseph then. So, go ahead. I was thinking of the backup, and I almost went with Kill Bill Volume 3, but I think I've finally decided that I don't want that as Tarantino's final movie, so I'm not going to pick that. Instead... I'm going with an underrated film from 2011 uh, of a concept that should not have worked, but somehow did. I'm going with Real Steel. Uh, Real Steel should be the dumbest movie in the world, but the amount of heart and the amount of sincerity in this movie is incredible, and I would love to see Hugh Jackman's character take um, his robot and take it on like the world circuits. 
Like, just imagine, like, how big this movie could get. You could do a European circuit. You could do an Asian circuit. It would be incredible. Just have him fight. Maybe maybe don't even go, like, the whole Rock'em Sock'em element anymore. Have him just straight up fight, like, Gundams. Like, get Hugh Jackman in a giant <laughs> robot, like, the Civic Rim style, and just have him, like, pound people left and right. Just Hugh Jackman pounding people down. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I could make a joke there. I will not. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I think Adelaide figured out what the joke could have been. Uh, yeah, I, I, I only Joseph wants to watch Hugh Jackman pounding anyone. Um, that wasn't quite the joke, but yeah. it was involving a J name. Anyway, I think <laughs> I think that a uh, real steal. Uh, Sean Levy is like the perfect three and a half star director. Yeah. Dude doesn't necessarily make great movies, but he makes good movies pretty consistently, actually. Um, so, yeah, that could be fun. I wouldn't mind it. Bill, it has giant robots, but also... I know, but I've never seen it because I saw it the first time in 1989 when it was called Robot Jocks. Why have we not done a double feature of that? That sounds so fun. I mean, it's pretty shitty. It's claymation robot. Oh, it's robot. so bad. It's fucking great. <laughs> okay then, Adelaide. This would be fucking rules. Are you kidding? This is this is one of like the examples of this should be dog shit, but instead it's one of like the most watchable movies ever. Like, it's like it's it's not like it's deep or. Like this really like thought-provoking thing, but it still has like that really like core heart that you need. I think Jackman is gonna like even like Evangeline Lilly, even though she's only there for like a little bit, not gonna have to work with. But the actual robot fights are super well done. It's like it's like 2007's Transformers, where it's like this is really I was in terms of the VFX. I think that that should have aged like fucking milk, and it still looks great. And somehow Real Steel just looks amazing, even over ten years later. I think that so much heart goes into this that I think that if you do a sequel, it could go over really well. And even if it doesn't, it's like Pacific Rim Uprising, where it's like, we all forgot about it. We don't care that it exists anymore. We still have real steel. That's like a perfect thing with no sequels. Boom, problem solved. That's fair. Uh, yeah, that was everyone. Else. Oh, Joseph's back. Joseph, thoughts on real steel? I've seen this movie. I enjoyed it. It's like a robot version of Rocky. That's fair. All right, well, Joseph, since you're here, we'll let you make your next pick. Okay. Um, so this movie, um, I think, is stylistically a very pleasing to watch movie, but also such a such a fun and contained movie with such an incredible world. And uh, it's Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think that the adventures that they can continue going on and trying to get away from the humans who are trying to catch them while also trying to survive and also another fox being uh, coming along the way in the family and with just the endless amount of animals that they can meet more the, the more animals that they can meet along the way I think could make a very fun movie and see to this, this movie. Yeah, no, this would be a lot of fun. I think Fantastic Mr. Fox is a great movie, and I'd love a sequel to it. 
Like more animated heist movies in general, please and thank you. Shout out to the bad guys for being an animated heist movie. If you're an animated heist movie, you are good. That's the law. I'm sorry. Patient. Yeah. I know you like this movie a lot. No, I love this movie. Uh, I think it's one of Wes Anderson's best. Even like non-Wes Anderson fans tend to love this movie. And I think it's just because of how fun these characters are. Like the the darkness that I think sort of like are in certain Wes Anderson movies isn't in this one, which like, yeah, I would be down for a sequel. I want to see what like the next day with these characters are like. Maybe they go on to like a new farm. Maybe uh, Bogus Bunsen and Beans finds a way to um, go underground. Like, no, I I was not thinking about this one, but Joseph, Joseph pit, pitched some good ideas. Yeah. Uh, now we, uh, oh, Bill. Uh, I have not seen this. Uh, I kind of, uh, fell off the Wes Anderson train somewhere after the Royal Tenenbaums Life Aquatic era. Um, just got a little, just not my thing, but I know everybody raves about this movie. Uh, so I always be curious and I am a fan of that animation style. I, I, I think it's just lovely, so. Yeah, it's it's on my list of things I should probably. I, I also hear that Nile of Dogs is also very good too. Um, so I don't know. I will get, I will get around to those eventually. So that's fair. I don't. Like I don't see it honestly. Like I, I think it'd be good. I just don't understand what could be added. Like it just seems like I'd rather see Wes Anderson put the effort into a different stop motion film than doing this again. That's fair. All right. Uh, well, now we will go over to Bill. Bill, I believe you take us home. My second pick. I almost made a tango in cash, but I decided to move to a different decade because, first off, it is a crime that we never got a sequel to that because those two together are great. Um, there was a movie when I was a kid, teenager-ish, was a dream concept that I never thought I would get to see. And then I got it. And I got it all. And I got the perfect version of that movie. And it was so perfect, I thought, I can't wait for them to do this again. And to this day, it has still never happened. And that is Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah! <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason is a fucking perfect film. I'm not saying it's a great film, but it is the absolute best version that that film could be. And I know we got somewhat of a comic book sequel in Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, <coughs> which was fucking funny as hell. But I would have loved to have had that happen in real life to see Bruce Campbell fighting these. Bruce Campbell and Freddy Krueger fucking joke off. Are you kidding me? Like, I need that. Fucking Robert Englund and Bruce Campbell just going fucking full ham on each other. Please and thank you. So fucking print money. That's what I just gave you. And I don't know why you don't do it. So. No, that's a good point. I... Look, I don't, I don't like Freddy versus Jason. It's not for me. Adding Ash in there, I love Ash. Like it's yeah. a character we actually care about, which is the problem with all of these slasher movies. That I don't care about the characters. Give me Ash. It's cool and groovy. That would be a good time. Uh, and I think at that point, if you're gonna throw Ash in there. I'd say just, like, make it like the, you know, 
No Way Home or Lego Movie or Who Framed Roger Rabbit of horror movies. Yeah. And just put, like, give us, like, basically full-on endgame of slasher characters. Like, put Chucky, put Michael well, Myers. Like, so I know the original pitch for the end of the film. Was Pinhead. Was, was Pinhead, which would have been fucking dope. <laughs> and, yeah, I would be fine with that, too. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fucking get like the get the fucking puppet master, have a fucking ash fight with those things while him and Freddy are fucking like yelling at each other. Give me everything. I just want it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right. Uh yeah. Uh Adelaide, thoughts on a Freddy versus Jason sequel? Amazing amazing pick. Perfect idea. Everyone should fight each other. The way you do it though is you have them all meet up on this place called Battle World. And they have this guy like let's Oh my god. And the Beyond is played really by Kevin Smith, right the ultimate horror fan. Oh, and all of the different not. horror icons just Joseph, thoughts on a Freddy <laughs> Versus <laughs> Jason sequel? Oh, oh great job, Joseph. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> my jam. Yeah, he, he said yes. He says he agrees. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there are two horror icons films that are incredibly stupid, but I love them. Jason X. Yes, thank you. Correct <laughs> <laughs> opinion. I am down for this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. This this is my jam. That is fair. Uh, well, now that we've done that. Just a recap of the picks for sequels. Nice Guys, Behind the Mask, Sky High, The Fifth Element, The Last Starfighter, Last Action Hero, Big Night, Real Steel, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Freddy vs. Jason. But before we go, we got the movie of the month, which is uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, Payson, I will let you start. Yeah, uh, I really liked this movie. Uh, John Carpenter is a director I really enjoy, but like... Hey, both... Sorry, excuse me. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, uh, oh, is it okay if I go... Yeah, I think Joseph's asking to go first. That's yeah. okay. Fair warning, Joseph. We can't really understand you. Uh, uh, let me more time for that. Okay, well then I'm going to let Payson go. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter's director I really like. Uh, I haven't seen, uh, as many of his films as I would like to, but, uh, knowing this is, like, pre-Halloween, uh, I think is a really good, um, like, first few film from, like, a director. Um, I love the tension this movie builds, like at points it does dip a little into like it feels like okay let's let's get the movie going but like for the most part like i'm kind of on edge the whole time and just when you get to the shootout in the police station um it's great i love how cramped it feels i love how just contained this whole scenario is i just love the concept of like police stations getting attacked by a gang and the only people that can really defend it are the few cops and um the criminals that are there i think is a really cool like uneasy alliance sort of thing 
Uh, I said in my review, um, fake blood. John Carpenter does fake blood so well. Like the blood in this movie is incredible. This this movie gets intense at points with that blood. And uh, yeah, I I really really enjoyed this movie. Um, I'm ranking all the movies of the month so far. I did not see uh, Solar Kubo when we did those, but right now I put this uh, as my seventh movie of the month, uh, just below in Bruges and just above Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. That's fair. What do you give it out of five? Four out of five. Four out of five. All right, Joseph, are you there? I hope I am. Can you guys hear me okay, more or yes. less? Yeah, go right ahead. Just jump in. All right. So, okay. John John Carpenter is hit or miss for me. I like, like some of his movies, but don't really like. I think this movie has a really, really catchy and infectious and also tense atmosphere. I love the music. I love the action. I love how it's very straightforward and actiony, and it's very tight. Also, I think for a movie, it's very. Um, that ice cream scene is kind of off-putting to me, but after that, it's just uh, of and crazy and very cool action. That's the kind of John Carpenter that I like more than uh, than some of his other movies that I've seen. Uh, four out of five songs. Four to five for Joseph. Okay. Uh, now we'll go to me. Uh, this is interesting. I, I don't know if I'm quite as high on it as everybody else's. It, I, it was good. I thought the really the, the tension was, was quite good. Um, for me, though, and maybe it's maybe this piece of information that I had was maybe like a bad sell. Because I know that this is basically like a remake of Rio Bravo. And I like Rio Bravo. Uh, and I think the biggest problem for me about this was I just didn't really care about the characters. Like, I felt like there was very little in terms of characters to really hang on to, which I know is not the point. Like, that's really just a kind of thing up until, like, really, like, Escape from New York and even then more of a thing. Carpenter movies aren't really about the characters. They're more about, you know, the, the tension, which is fair. Uh, but I think that was kind of my big issue with it. But it was still really well done. Kind of interesting, though, with with Rio Bravo and the with Rio Bravo and Thing from Another World, you can tell Carpenter had a love affair for with Howard Hawks. He really liked Howard Hawks. I, I think he wanted to be Howard Hawks on... Because you can kind of tell with like what he's kind of trying to do with her, you know, you can kind of tell from like oh, Carpenter maybe didn't want to just be like the horror guy, and then he kind of got pigeonholed into being that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, good three and a half out of five. It's a good movie, uh, Bill. So this was uh, one of the few I still hadn't seen, so I'm gonna give this a world today, and uh, yeah. I, I will point to the ice cream scene because I actually kind of gasped like when that scene happened. Because uh, I was like, holy shit, this is where we're starting. <laughs> and I think that does, it was similar to It Chapter 1 where like, okay, we're killing a kid in the first five minutes and then it just completely puts you off balance for the rest of the film because you're like, if that's where you're, if that's where you start, where are we going? And I have that uneasy feeling all throughout this whole second and third act. 
of like, oh my god, like well, what the hell's gonna happen now? Like, oh, like everybody's pretty much fair play. And I'm like, all right, well, who's gonna die? Who's gonna not? You know, and I do love that it's just like full on frontal assault, but they do take some time to kind of breathe and let the characters kind of interact and actually, you know, uh, have characters in these situations and how these people are reacting to it. And I, I think that's the part I like the most. Like, I mean, this movie's like 90 minutes. It is lean. It moves and it take it takes breathers where it has to, but I think it just sets like a great because it sets a great for like the finale of like, okay, well, we know this is gonna last. Well, what the hell are we gonna do now? We gotta start thinking. And yeah, oh, it's just really good. I gave it a four out of five. That's fair. Okay. And Adelaide was a last minute um addition, so they didn't get a chance to see it. Not their fault. I broke the rules. Uh, what? I broke the rules. No, you didn't. Like you didn't know you were gonna be on the show. So it's fine. Uh so thank you everyone at home for watching. Thank you to Payson, Bill, Joseph, and Adelaide. Uh I'm Caleb Boatman. Uh this is Multiplex Logged It. See you later. In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening. Good evening. Come on, come on.